Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I am a natural optimist. (laughs) I tend to look on the bright side and not really worry much about things. In fact, you can probably talk to my wife and she would probably tell you that I probably don't worry about things a little too much. (laughs) But call me crazy, but I believe that there will be a day when the Supreme Court will overturn Roe versus Wade and, and make it possible again for individual states to make their own laws regarding abortion. I have long dreamed of the day when this ruling would come across my newsfeed or proclaimed across my radio. And a long time ago, I made up my mind that on that day, I would throw a party and celebrate that fact that there would be babies born into this world and not killed before they were ever born. Now, the Daily Citizen reports former President Barack Obama's chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, once said, quote, you never want a serious crisis to go to waste. <laughs> when the COVID-19 uh, pandemic hit, the, the abortion industry took that lesson to heart. To ostensibly prevent the spread of COVID-19, last year, many abortionists began using virtual telemedicine appointments to prescribe women abortions uh, and, and, and the drugs that do that, which are then sent by mail. Now, this practice started shortly after the pandemic began, when the American College of uh, Obstetrics uh, and, and Gynecologists and, and pro-abortion groups sued the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, over its requirement that a woman visit a hospital or clinic to receive the first dose of the abortion pill. The, the regulation required abortionists, quote, to prescribe and provide the first abortion pill in person before the woman takes the other half of the abortion pill uh, protocol and, and at home and, and, and to complete the abortion. Now, the pro-abortion groups won in court and convinced a federal judge to block the policy nationwide permitting women to receive the, the abortion pill. So a woman could choose to abort her pre-born child to, you know, be prescribed the abortion pill virtually and and then abort her baby via a chemical abortion without ever talking to someone in person. On, on January 12th of this year, after additional rounds of litigation, the U.S. Supreme Court sided with the Trump administration and permitted the FDA to reinstate its re, uh, regulation requiring abortionists to give out the abortion pill in person. However, Following the inauguration of President Biden, the new administration changed course, of course, (laughs) right, and removed the FDA regulations for the duration of the pandemic, is what they said. Now, as the Daily Citizen has previously uh, recounted, the abortion pill can have serious side effects 
which include nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, weakness, dizziness, those type of things, according to WebMD. Uh, bleeding and cramping are experienced during the treatment. Bleeding and spotting may last up to 30 days and may be heavier than a normal period. One study of 50,000 women in Finland also found that chemical abortions are very risky. Quote, the overall incidence of immediate adverse effects is fourfold higher for medical abortions than the surgical abortions. Nearly 7% of the women will need surgical intervention. Now, the New York Times recently said that the pandemic has created, quote, new ways to provide abortions. It noted that nearly 40%, yes, 40% of abortions are done chemically with this uh, mispristone, uh, and um, misoprostone. I, again, I, I'm not a medical guy. I don't speak medical. So, you know, I probably just slaughter the names of those, but they are done uh, with those chemicals rather than done surgically. Quote, we are on the cusp of revolutionizing the provision of care. And this is Destiny Lopez, the co-president of the activist group All Above All. Uh, which she told the Times, the organization describes itself as a catalyst for abortion justice. How how would you like to be head of of an organization that proclaimed itself as a catalyst for abortion justice? The article notes that the FDA could permanently lift its previous restrictions requiring women to receive the abortion pill in person, and the agency is considering doing so. For women and preborn babies, that's not really a good thing. It would ensure women struggling with an unplanned pregnancy will be more isolated as they consider aborting their baby and and may suffer serious side effects should that you know they decide to take the abortion pill. But what is the the hope for those who have already cho- chosen abortion? Does does God forgive abortion? You see, when I when, when I talk about abortion, I oftentimes, you know, get people that'll say, well, but, you know, I, I, I have already had an abortion or boy, you know, I, I went through that and it's, it's so difficult to, to deal with. It's so difficult to listen to, you know, uh, the, uh, all this abortion talk and things like this because of the, the tragedy that, that, uh, that I went through as far as, you know, having an abortion. Now, I myself have never uh, had, uh, you know, to go through that kind of thing. Um, I, I, uh, I haven't had any family members that I know of that have had to go through that. And so, um, but I know that there are a lot of people that do uh, have to confront those type of choices that they've made in the past. So the question gets down to, does God forgive abortion? Well, the, the answer to this question is that that we have to look at the Bible, and and those who are pro-abortive, uh, and those who live lives that have been most impacted by abortion, the abortion survivors. So let, let's take a look and see what number one the Bible says. Well, for many men and women, being post-abortive 
comes with waves of complicated thoughts and emotions. Some claim to have lifelong feelings and regret and guilt, as I was talking about. Fortunately, while scripture like Psalm 139, 13 through 16 and Jeremiah 1, 5 reveal the tragedy of abortion, the the Bible also offers hope for the post-abortive. Now, we find the scriptures overflowing with evidence that our past choices are no match for the long-suffering love and all-encompassing forgiveness that God has extended to us through Christ. Now, here's just a a few scriptures about forgiveness. Um, And and you may want to write these down. because especially if, if, if you're dealing with, with this or something very similar, uh, these can be very comforting scriptures. So first of all, 1 John 1, 9, and it reads this. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and, and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it doesn't matter what our sin was. It doesn't matter what our past looks like. God is there. And he's faithful to forgive us of that. Now, Psalm 32, 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the inequity of my sin. It's, it's, it's such a wonderful passage. It, it, it's, it's happy. It's hopeful. It's, it's celebratory. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, for instance, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So even though there were things in my past, and there's things in my past that I'm, I'm not, you know, super happy about, right? Just like everyone, we've all made decisions that weren't the best for us or, or other people. And yet, it doesn't matter. When we come to Christ and when we ask for uh, his forgiveness, then our old passes away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west. And and behold, the new has come. So we can turn to to scripture like Ephesians 1.7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. I mean, obviously he gives us grace. He gives us mercy. What is that? I mean, we, we, we've heard those words before, but what is, what is mercy? What is grace? Well, it's basically, he's getting what we don't deserve. We don't deserve, um, you know, what he gives us. He, we deserve the, the consequences of our sin. We deserve the consequences of our choices. And oftentimes we do have to go through those consequences. But he gives us mercy and he gives us grace. And what, and what comes with that is forgiveness. Uh, Micah 7.19, he will again have compassion on us. He will tread our inequities under, underfoot. You will cast all your sins onto the depths of the sea. So looking from a, a post-abortive individual's perspective, you were created with a purpose, a God-given purpose. We all were. I've had people tell me before, I, I, I don't know 
what my purpose is. I, I don't think God gave me a purpose. I I don't really have much to give God. But our our Heavenly Father uniquely designed you with giftings and talents that no other human being possesses. We are all unique. He made us individuals. And it's it's one of those mind-blowing things. <laughs> I, I know I've talked about this before, but it's 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 interesting sometimes to think about these things that are just mind-blowing. Like, like God never had a birthday. You know, he's always been. He never had a, a, a starting point, right? God has always been. And that is mind-blowing. And one of those one of those things that are, that's mind-blowing to think about as well is that there has never been anyone just like you. You are uniquely individual, and God made you unlike anybody else, not just anybody else currently on the face of the earth, but he made you uniquely individual for all time. There will never be anyone just like you in the future, and there's never been anybody just like you in the past. God created you individually. You are a creation constructed in his glorious image. Yes, our giftings may sometimes look and sound similar to someone else's, but no two people possess the same life experiences, talents, and gifts. You are entirely uncommon. <laughs> and so is your calling. It says in Romans 8:28. It says, "And we know that God to work for the good of those who love God and are called to his and called to his for them. Yes, God will even use your abortion healing for his glory and your good if, if you allow him. You see, just because there's something bad doesn't mean God can't use that. In fact, oftentimes that's what he does. He takes terrible situations, bad situations, and he turns them for good. He isn't asking you to come to him with qualifications for your calling. The creator of the universe only requires a willing and submitted heart. That's what he's asking. He's not saying that, boy, you have to be the CEO of some company and you have to be doing all these different uh, things and giving all this money and doing all this stuff at church. That's not what he's, he's asking. He's asking that you just be willing to be used by him and submitted to him. That's what he's asking for. Why, why didn't I believe that God can use me? There have been a, there's been a few times in my life I didn't think that God could use me. And I think there's a lot of people that go through that, particularly when it comes to the fact that they may have had an abortion, let's say. Deception is one of the most powerful weapons in our enemy's arsenal. The, the uh, pre- preferred strategy, in fact, for the master manipulator is to, to zoom in on your um, tender spots <laughs> and magnify your pain. You, you know that, that what tender spot I'm talking about, the, the sensitive part in your heart connected to your abortion pain, let's say, when it's touched, you react. The, the triggering of this vulnerable spot causes you to shut down. 
For some of you, it may result in angry overreaction. We all have triggers. We and and I, I my wife and I, we have triggers. We both um, come from from marriages and, and divorces, and and sometimes there will be things that happen and things that are said that trigger us from our 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 uh, former marriages and and those triggers we are trying to get past we and, and and they and they do go away over time they do lessen but i will say that that there's always going to be triggers there and oftentimes when we do something and make choices that we really regret later that we can be triggered and then we react and we react in different ways now our enemy doesn't want us to walk in our purpose the deceiver wants to 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 down us and drown us in thoughts of of doubt and and self rejection and feelings of inadequacy john 10 10 says this the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy and i came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God, the creator of all life, sent his, his best gift ever to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus Christ paid the debt for our transgressions. When we fully surrender our lives, allow him to wash us clean and say yes to his calling. We, we no longer have to carry the, the heavy load of, of that sin. You are miraculously free. You are a new creation. Chronicle, 2 Chronicles 5.17. This means that who to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's what it says right there in the Bible. Now, to abortion survivors, abortion survivors have been referred to by abortion providers as the dreaded complication. How would you like to be known and referred to as the dreaded complication, right? Many survivors find that their very existence depreciated and frowned upon by the pro-choice community. They're, they're, accused of being non-existent while being told by the the pro-choice agenda that the survivor lives lives are not worth saving so do abortion survivors believe there is forgiveness in abortion well some of the most influential supporters of forgiveness after abortion are those who live their whose whose lives were once directly threatened by abortion Abortion survivors, such as Marvin Hightower, for instance, actively inform people on the devastation of abortion while sharing the truth of, of being, um, you know, hope and healing for the, the post-abortive. All abortion survivors, each in their own way, have, have carried the consequences of someone else's abortion decision. Even in, in light of knowing how his his loved ones once chose to end his life, he still stresses the importance of um, extending love, grace, and forgiveness to those who have chosen abortion. Uh, Pastor Marvin Hightower first learned his survivor story on the day of his ordination, believe it or not. And since then, he has spoken 
at numerous pro-life uh, conferences and, and banquets, spreading hope for both abortion victims and survivors. Hightower, who, who survived two abortion procedures, believe it or not, just an incredible story, consistently shares God's grace and forgiveness alongside his testimony. Quote, I try to minister to them that they don't live in condemnation and shame. That's not what God is about, says Hightower. That's not the heart of God. God's grace is so thoroughly complete. If we believe the Bible, then you have a baby in heaven, but it's never been the will of God that you will live your life beating yourself up. You you be the voice of forgiveness and be the voice of grace. God can bring life out of death and he can use what the enemy meant for your harm and turn it around for your good. That's what he has to say. You see, a lot of women feel hopeless and, and, and they feel hopeless about ever resolving the pain connected with their abortion. But healing is possible. When you recognize your need to come to terms with a past abortion, the following steps are important ones to consider on your path to healing. The first step toward healing is remember the pain. It, it is, it's peeling away the callus formed by months or even years of denying the, the rep- and, and even repressing the painful emotions connected with your abortion. Although your feelings have been bundled up and, and hidden away too, um, and, and they're painful to deal with, they continue to fester like a, like a smoldering infection uh, affecting your, your current choices and behaviors. The simplest way to uh, access these old feelings is to find a safe, supportive environment in which you can talk about your abortion experience. Now, an, an, another thing is to accept forgiveness. If you, if you hold any kind of spiritual beliefs, long-term healing will come only when you feel reconciled with God. If you struggle with the feeling that you are a second-class citizen in God's eyes, you may turn away from God completely or try to prove yourself, you know, by, by being good long enough for God to forgive you. Or you may know in your mind that God can forgive any sin, but you can't accept it in your heart because you cannot forgive yourself. There are three things we must all understand. Your debt is paid. The Bible clearly teaches that God has already made provision for your forgiveness. He accepts Jesus' death as full payment for any and all sins we commit. Do not let your guilty emotions still stand and and demand that you pay the debt yourself. God is near. When when we accept responsibility for our choices and openly express our sorrow for you know to God, he is ready and waiting to draw us back into intimacy with him. Now, consequences are not the same as punishment. A, a consequence of abortion might be infertility, let's say. But this is not a punishment from God. He is as grieved 
as we are about the loss brought on by our choices. Um, Although we all live with the consequences of our choices, Jesus literally accepted the death sentence for our sins, and he took the punishment so that we don't have to. We have to identify and, and release the anger. Perhaps you you re- resist verbalizing your anger, thinking, if, if I get in touch with that, that rage inside of me, it might lead to a total loss of control. The paradox is in this, that in, until you openly acknowledge the pain and the, anchor, and the anger, you feel about that abortion, you will not get rid of it. You have to grieve the loss. The, the need to grieve a pregnancy loss fully is well documented and for a good reason. But you may you may cry out, how how do I grieve when I feel like it's my fault? Well, many many pregnancy resource centers host small confidential groups where you can walk this path together with other women. Some w- ways to to work through your grief may include writing your feelings, uh, you know, for your child or or even having a quiet time of reflection and things like this. Um, it's to remind you of God's grace and love. And take hope. A lot of women feel hopeless about ever resolving the pain connected with their abortion. But healing is possible, and God is as close as the air we breathe, just waiting to hear our whispers and, and cries out to Him. Thousands of women will seek and receive help this year. You can be one of them if you're in that position. There is no need for you to continue grieving silently. Reach out to someone who understands. You really are not alone. If if abortion has affected you in any way, there is hope and help. And we can direct you to those that can help. Feel free to contact us here at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.